Hello and welcome to AI Unfiltered with me, Ian Bowie, and our resident expert, Mikael Stormbom, where we will be talking about everything to do with AI in our modern digital society and what the future holds for all of us. Well, I mean, the, the, I mean, the, the, that article that we both read was talking about over 38 million new jobs being created because of AI. Um, the, the, the sad thing is it didn't actually specify what kind of jobs. Yeah, and um, I think that's part of the, now that we live in this era of the so-called gig economy mm. uh, as well. So, I mean, there's a particular type of job that AI has created, which is called click work. Yeah. And it's exactly as interesting as it sounds, which is basically that you just sort of validate data for the for the algorithms. So if you ever gone on a website and there comes up this uh, this prove you're not a robot by clicking on all the all, oh, the, yes. all the squares with a traffic light in it, so you're actually helping out these uh, computer vision algorithms there in the background by creating training material for them. Is that right? Yeah. Cheeky. Very cheeky. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, there are these sort of like crowdsourcing thing where you, uh, for example, Amazon has this uh, mechanical Turk where you can sort of outsource data creation and data validation and then people sit and go and validate the data for however many cents you get for it not much all right so we're, we're, we're not exactly talking about high value jobs or highly paid mm. jobs here are we no so not everyone can be a data scientist or an ai no. engineer so it is just a manual labor of <laughs> validating the data yeah you see this is something that crossed my mind when i read that 38 million jobs and i suddenly thought about it and thought well you know what kind of jobs is there's a possible danger that all it's going to do is create a massive low value low paid yeah work for sure for yeah. sure so i think there's a great risk of that so I said it will create 30 million new jobs, it says, but it didn't specify how many jobs it will make obsolete <laughs> either, did that? Well, no, it didn't, no. Yeah. no. yeah, it'll create 30 million new jobs, but it will take away a billion. No, no, but I don't know. But Well, no, it's not necessarily that, but I mean, let's imagine that it, 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 it takes away and it creates an equal number of jobs, but it takes away currently high-value, high-paid jobs. And replaces and creates, it with this sort yeah, of the gig exactly. economy stuff, yes. now, for sure. yeah. And that's a danger. That is very I mean, much it's, it's like when the British government say that, you know, oh, since since the, um, you know, pandemic, um, suddenly, you know, two million new jobs have been created. What they fail to mention is what those jobs are. You know, these are, these are minimum wage, um, zero-hour contract jobs. Yeah. Well, it's just rubbish, isn't it? It's crap. It's misleading. Very much so. So yeah. focusing on the raw numbers of job creation as yes. opposed to... Quality. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, that, that, that that's potentially the danger. Um, you know, we keep talking about social divisions. I think we're also going to end up with. I think AI um, can end up exacerbating. Oh, yeah. Those social divisions so. for Absolutely. Sure, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. like you say, you know, not everybody can be a data scientist. Um, and this is what's going to happen. You're going to get people who understand AI, can work with AI, and use AI for their own means. Yeah. And then you're going to get this massive pool who are basically victims of AI. Yeah, in a way, yes. They're the fodder for AI, the material. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we think about companies like Amazon. I think they're a huge user of AI. Yeah. And, and, and then, they, 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 you know, they talk about, oh, an Amazon warehouse has opened up near you and created 400 new jobs. But you've got to look at the quality of those new jobs. I mean, even those pick and back jobs are going to go. I mean, I, I don't even understand why Amazon warehouses aren't fully automated already. 
Yeah, they're going to be eventually for sure. Well, you would have thought so. Yeah. Yeah. But they seem to be a long way from it when you when you hear about how many people are employed in Amazon warehouses. And you know that Amazon is a massive user of AI, certainly for pushing stuff at consumers. I mean, you would have thought that um, pick and pack um, AI in a warehouse is pretty simple stuff compared to... Well, simple, simple, but yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I guess once the once it's more profitable to just use the machines as opposed yeah. to human workers, then the, that will certainly happen. Well, yeah, I suppose there's a, there's a, there's a cost of... Yeah, actually introducing the infrastructure, which won't be cheap. There's that, and then it needs to provide enough savings to justify that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So as long as people are cheaper than machines, then they're safe. Yeah, yeah. To keep on painting this rather <laughs> dystopian picture of the future that we. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, you know, you, you've got to be realistic. You know, yeah, you sort sure. of say that that okay, we've we've created five hundred new jobs, but yes, but hey, come on. You know, minimum wage people. Yeah, feeding data into the machine. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, this is not positive stuff. No, definitely not. No. Yeah, it's all. It's always about reading between the lines, isn't it? It's always about reading beyond the data. Yeah. Um. And uh, well, everything in life is a double-edged sword. It is. Very um, much so. And you know, I mean, I I certainly don't want to sort of paint a dystopian um, reality future for people, but. You know, a lot of what I see is 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 simply a very small number of people benefiting, and a much much larger number of people becoming the victims of yeah. technologies. No, uh, yeah. I agree. So yeah, I mean, there was there was a thing that I read this morning. Actually, the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak apparently um, now. Um, would like to introduce legislation that that forces kids to continue with mathematics until the age of eighteen, and I was sort of thinking, why? I hated maths. I was happy to kiss it goodbye at the age of sixteen. Yeah, I mean that's a little bit like teaching coding as a language, hmm. or comparing teaching coding to language learning. Yeah. I mean, not everyone has the aptitude no. or interest for it. Is no. Not everyone can be a programmer. No, and, and also, uh, I'm sorry to say, but in my opinion, maths is not the be-all and end-all of everything. No, certainly not. No. You know, the, 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 there's a place for many different disciplines in the world. Um, and, you know, I think social skills, interpersonal skills, um, communication skills are of equal importance. Definitely, and uh, these are a focus on... Let's call it the, the hard sciences. I mean, that's hmm. at the expense of well, liberal, well, liberal arts, for example. Yes, which, uh, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, if I can make a lot of money from my creative ideas and it suddenly needs somebody with higher mathematical skills, I'll go and find somebody. Yeah. Or... There are even AIs that can solve. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> right. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't think I need to be a mathematician personally. And besides, my brain doesn't work like that. No, I mean, I don't think we can all be Fields Prize winning no. or Fields Medal winning mathematicians. No. You know, there's been a lot of talk about work-life balance and that actually now... It's perhaps about less productivity. Yeah, but it's not so much about productivity. It's about time spent at work, which is a separate thing, I think. 
Mm. Because I mean, they've done many any number of studies on these that actually spending less time at work, let's say six hours rather than 7.5, you might be more productive during those six hours. Than Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I think too many people get the idea that the more you work in terms of just hours spent on it, the more the more you get done, but that's not necessarily the case at all. Well, I think they've, they've proven that's not yeah. the case. Yeah. Um, as now, um, they have shown quite clearly in many companies' results that allowing people to actually, well, of course, they weren't allowed. They, there was no choice. But having people working from home, they are actually far more productive than they are if they have to come into an office. And yet, companies are going back to the office model. Yeah, it's rather... Interesting because I thought it would, I, I thought there would be just be more of this hybrid work and remote work, but quite a lot seems to be just coming back to, yeah. coming to the office after all. And, and companies are demanding it from employees. And yet the results over the last two years show quite clearly that employees are happier at home, they're more productive at home. Profitability in many companies is up. Yeah, eases up the logistics yeah. in many cases for sure. Yeah. And avoiding hours of commute. Yeah, for sure. So it's very strange. It is, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're just there's some sort of preconceived notion of how the world is supposed to work, and then we just go back to back to the status quo ante. I don't know. Well, I suppose it's. Well, I, I think there's a big trust thing. Well, there is. There um, is that. Yeah. But then you would have thought after two years, people have proved that they can be trusted to do the job. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But still, they want to go back to this sort of you know archaic office model. Yeah, I, I just don't understand it. No, but the, the point was that productivity is not the same as hours spent at work. No. No, that's true. And you could probably use AI to model that as well to find the optimal <laughs> optimal amount of work time. Well, I think they do, don't they? Don't they yeah, for example, be... these call centers and that, don't they have some kind of monitoring system to make sure that employees are doing what they're supposed to do? Yeah. Has that got anything? Is that AI enabled? Well, I guess it's data driven, at least if they have mm. the, have the yeah. data. But I mean, I think it would be quite interesting now there's been this talk about the 30 hour work week and so forth. Mm. Here in Finland, to have some hard data on that. But actually, yeah. um, if, if you think about, for example, if you would have some kind of AI facial recognition system watching people who work at computer terminals, could it be used? To see, see. I, I actually, I actually know a company that does this. Or like, they you can buy freelance workers from there. So the way it works is that uh, then then you have to install some application in your computer, and then it sort of randomly activates your camera to make sure that you're actually at the computer working. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't sort of thinking about that. I was thinking more about can it detect if somebody is alert, engaged. Um, creative productive or if they're kind of like they're typing away but they're really not engaged and focused they did add that feature to that uh, that meeting that meeting application where mm. sorry is it but i think what it does it just checks if your sort of eyes are focusing on the screen so yeah yeah so i don't know if you could take it to the next level to see if they're Looking at the person's facial expression, are they really, <laughs> are they really engaged in the thing? I yeah, because yeah. I, I don't even think just monitoring if somebody's looking at the screen gives a particularly accurate 
um, idea of whether they're engaged or not. I mean, somebody can be engaged by literally looking up at the ceiling with their eyes closed because they're listening and they're thinking. Yeah. And if you're doing thinking work, like how do you measure, how do you measure that? In? <laughs> yeah. Today I spent uh, three hours thinking about this problem. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. In the back garden. In the back garden, yeah. With a sangria. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm fine, and then it took me five minutes to code the thing once I figured mm. out what to do. Yeah, well, why not? Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, there's a long way to go, I think, for a lot of companies. But it, it's a lot about that sort of, about trust for sure, just trusting your employees. Mm. And why, why Why the hell would you hire a person if you don't trust the person? Well, <laughs> but surely you can, see, you can see that on the bottom line, can't you? You know, I mean, after one year, or even quarterly, you can see if it's working or not, because you can see the financial results. Or, or do you think do you think it's a case of there are still too many older managers at work? I think there's definitely some sort of generation generational aspect to it. Mm. So if you remember the old management by Perkele <laughs> that they yeah. uh, here in Finland, so and I yeah I would definitely say so that there's a, that aspect as well. So when when those managers retire, the next generation might be a little bit more flexible and open. Conceivably. Yeah. Or not if they've grown up in a culture where <laughs> they also learn to do it uh, the bad way. Yeah, so it's, it's going to take a long time before we really see new ways of working across I, the board. I, yeah, I, I reckon so. I mean, certainly... And the pandemic hit, I, su I suppose people thought it would change more quickly, but because, well, we had to change it overnight in a manner of speaking. Yeah, well, we did, uh, yeah, we had to adapt yeah. quite quickly. Mm. But yeah, that is definitely sort of going, going backwards in that sense. Yeah, but on the other hand, I think because you do lose something if you're not, if the, you don't have the physical presence, I, I don't mean in the sense of I need to see what this person is doing at all mm. times, but rather just that, that, you know, having a chat by the, by the coffee ma maker, that sort of that sort of thing and those sort of types of interaction mm. which don't really happen very organically if you sit at home well no no they won't but um although and I, I just i mean all the non-verbal non-verbal communication that mm. you really can't have over mm. teams for example yeah well no i mean that that, that yeah. is true but i don't think it needs to happen five days a week no definitely not and that, that's what i think on occasion it would be good yeah, yes, but, yeah i mean that's what some companies are insisting on you know it's all over we want you back in the office. Why? Yeah. Yeah, not, no idea. You know, once a week? Once a fortnight even? Yeah, I think that would be perfectly, perfectly yeah. sufficient, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, 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 it's always struck me as a bit odd, this insistence of being that, in these... That we have to go back to exactly the way things were prior to yeah. Corona. But, but why? <laughs> yeah, indeed. No, I don't think anybody's really thought it through, have they? No, it's just that we have no. to return as quickly as possible to the status quo ante. Yes. Yeah. Maybe it's a safety thing. Yeah, but I think quite a lot of companies are still stuck in the nine to five mindset. Yeah. Even though there isn't any there isn't necessarily any need for nine to mm. five. Perhaps those companies are going to die. So then we could discuss how image generators like Dali and so forth, how they how they might impact the work of the future. So, for example, when it comes to creating prompts to instruct them to generate images for example yeah 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 but no that's going to actually require a completely different set of skills 
to being a visual artist. For sure. You know, that you can draw a portrait, but then to be able to instruct an algorithm to do the same thing is a very, very different kind of mindset and way of seeing the world. Very, very much so. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it involves a lot of, a lot of trial and error, just finding what, what sort of mm. prompts yep. produce what sort of results. Yeah. So perhaps that's going to be a whole new subject area in schools. Prompt engineering, yeah, why not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely, why not? I want to be a prompt engineer. That's, uh, I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> I will put that on my business card. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, why not? Yeah. Because actually, if you think about it, if, if, you, if you're good at it, you're probably going to be in demand. Well, I mean, yeah, ima yeah. imagine, you know, advertising agencies who need images, companies that need images, all kinds, yeah. all kinds of places that yeah. need images. I mean, there, there, are, there are literally already websites where we can purchase, like, prompts. Really? Yes. So you can go, you're looking for a specific type of prompts, and yeah. then, then you, I don't know how much you pay for a prompt, but... I don't know, some sense, I would imagine. I don't know. Yeah, right. But yeah, then you can buy the prompt and then you can use it to No <laughs> way. Absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. What a way to make a living. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, speaking of new types of job, I think. Yeah. New types of jobs, that's definitely... That's one that's going to be up there, isn't a, it? Yeah, that's a novel one, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I mean, it's just a different form of creativity. Yeah. But then, of course, yeah. some really clever person's going to come along and create another algorithm that creates prompts for Dali. Yeah. You could Why wouldn't you? You could possibly already do that with uh, GPT-3, the, yeah. the text generation algorithm. Yeah. So just feed in tons of good... <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> we, we have to give it a try. Like, create a prompt for Dali and uh, mm. and then it will do it, hopefully. I think it have to be a little bit more detailed than that. Well, yes. Yeah. And probably it's a good idea to feed it like already existing prompts. Yes. Well, that would be quite funny. Yeah. Actually, what you could do is you could feed it all the prompts that you have used to create all the pictures on our website. Yeah. And, and then, then, yeah. Then create new prompts based create, on Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That would be quite funny. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that <laughs> actually sounds, yeah, that, that, that sounds like a nice little uh, um, project. Yeah. So now we don't even need to think about the images. <laughs> no, no. You've been listening to me, Ian Bowie, and my colleague, Michael Stormbaum, on AI Unfiltered. And for more episodes, please go to AIUnfiltered.com. Thank you. <laughs>